Oh, I heard that, AJ. <laughs> Charlie C, you always talk about somebody else trying to be slick. Nah, man. Nah, you good. You trying to live up to that shirt, huh? Which shirt? The Flash. <laughs> oh, the Flash. <laughs> nice. <sighs> All right, niggas, y'all ready? Charlie, you ready? I'm ready. All right, bet. Let's go. Thanks for joining us and welcome to the podcast. Follow us at Blurred Dimension here on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok if you haven't already. Turn on notifications so you can be the first to know we got new content for you. I'm Kavon, the Grito Suave. We got JK, Beast Turnal. Hello. Got AJ Noslinja. How's everybody doing? AD Creates Activity. Welcome back to the stream, everybody. Carl XKBHX. What's going on? All our pronouns are he, him, and his. Tonight, we also have a special guest joining us, Chana. Chana's pronouns are she, her, and hers. Chana is a champion of inclusive black nerddom, the founder of HBCU Con, um, and a cosplayer. You can follow her and HBCU Con on Instagram and Facebook at CCTheGeek and HBCU Con, respectively, to check out some of her fantastic work. Um, so tonight, we only have two segments for y'all. We're going to kick it with Chana. Um, then we're going to talk about what's good, and we're going to play some games. Um, for anybody that's new, what's good is games we've been playing, uh, shows or movies we've been watching, um, comics or manga we've been reading, all that kind of good stuff. Um, then after the podcast, we're going to switch over to after podcast gaming. Like I said, we're going to play, well, I don't know what, but we're going to play some games. So, you know, stick around Uno. for that. Uno. Uno. Does everybody have Uno? Maybe. Is it sad that I, like, practiced oh. Uno? You like, practiced wow. Uno? That is, that is terrible. That is terrible. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. I practice a little yeah. bit. Um, I know what's his, uh, not what's his face. I don't want to be mean. Practice soon, Joel is just like, he'll pick up. <laughs> and you neglected my good code recommendation. Two two marks against you already. One of them was fun. And the other one was amazing. Agreed. Amazing. Yeah. It's all yeah, tea. Let me, uh, all right. Let me turn my fan on. All right, y'all. So, uh, Chano, let's talk about your, let's, you know, your background a little bit as a blurred. How did you get into like nerd stuff? Did like a family member or somebody you looked up, looked up to put you on or did you just kind of stumble upon it? Like, how did that, how did that happen for you? I mean, I, every time I get this question, I never know where to start. Cause I've pretty much been a nerd all my life, you know, long before I even, accepted it or let alone embraced it um and being what what defines a nerd has always been kind of i guess what's the word i'm looking for it's always changing ever changing right um so <clears throat> primarily for me i got labeled a nerd early on because i was heavy into like academia um, I watched a lot of Discovery Channel growing up in particular. I was really into dinosaurs, really into um, anthropology, especially ancient Egypt. You know, I was just into stuff, you know, into learn learning different things. Um, <clears throat> and of course, you know, growing up, um, 
nobody ever really affiliated like X-Men and all those other like comics and things like that with being a nerd, unless you were like really, really into it. Um, <laughs> that was kind of the, but then as you got older, it's like, if you still tried to hold on to that kind of stuff, then it was like, now you're seen as a nerd because you're um, indulging in these childlike, you know, they always could say it's for kids or animes for kids. Not, you know, half of this stuff's not for kids. Um, but yeah, I've been pretty much a nerd all my life. My parents also, my dad's really into Star Wars, um, and just various, he's in, he's always been really into history channel. Um, my mom is really big into sci-fi. Um, she was watching X-Files back in the day. Um, she actually named me after Star Trek, um, a character named Shauna Triskelion from the original Star Trek series. Um, thank you. Um, yeah, so she was always watching that type of stuff. She's really into Game of Thrones, you know, all that bit. So it was, I was pretty much predisposed to it, if you will. <laughs> um, so nature, it's nature, like, nurture. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's really all I know, you know. Um, and then of course, a lot of my friends, like I just gravitated towards people who were into that kind of stuff. So, um, that's pretty much been my life. <laughs> okay, dope. So, what was like? What was your shit when you were younger? Like, what show, game, whatever? Did you have to like catch every episode? You know, read every volume. Like, what was that for you when you were like younger? Mm, I feel like, well, truth be told, the first thing that I really like obsessed over was like into um pop culture outside of like music and various things was actually space jam i love space jam and um we had a friend of the family who was a um contractor and he made my room all space jam themed so like i was really into that because i loved michael jordan and it had all the greats you know from back in the day like charles barkley and larry bird and what have you so um and then after that was sailor moon that was when I switched my Space Jam. I'm like, all right, I got to switch Space Jam. I said Sailor Moon now because <laughs> <laughs> this That's anime crazy. stuff runs deep. <clears throat> and that was really my gateway drug into anime <laughs> was Sailor Moon because I watched Street Racer as a kid. But, you know, but a lot of people didn't realize Street Racer was anime, you know, so I didn't make that connection as a kid. Um, but Sailor Moon, I was like, huh. That was when I started watching, like, you know, because Toonami, so Dragon Ball Z. You know, um, I started getting more into movies. I saw Princess Mononoke and all those other various things. So that's kind of, you know, what I'm into. So those were those those two definitely Space Jam low key. I really never uh, shouted out Space Jam as much as I <laughs> should have. But that and Sailor Moon were absolutely like, I will die for this. Like I collect cards, you know, I got stuffed animals, all everything. How <laughs> many? How many revolutions before you were like, all right, Sailor Moon, that's enough being waking up like at the beginning of Sailor Moon? Yeah, like how many times did you have to start over before you were like, I'm out? <laughs> you mean when she transformed or just in No, general? like just like she she beats the final boss and then everything uh -huh. starts all the way over again and then they just throw in the boss and like how many times did you did you go through that before you were like, this is I mean, I went through several because they had the movies too. So I would watch the movies. Like I saw Sailor Moon R, S, Super S, 
you know, I would read fan fiction. <laughs> like, it was oh, so was terrible. Yeah, it was <laughs> deep. It was deep. I was in the Sailor Moon until I was like, the fifth time they started over, I was like, I don't know if I can make the trip back through this to get back. Like, it was like. Yeah, I didn't watch like the Crystal series. You know, I watched the OG 90s, you know, ones. Right, right, right. I haven't watched Crystal. Um, I tried to, but my connect that I had to watching it was like, it's only in Japanese and, and Usagi's voice is annoying. So no, we're not watching it together. Mm. <laughs> so I haven't seen it yet. But yeah, it's hard to beat those 90s anime. It really mm-hmm. is. It really is. So Demon, that's why Demon Slayer is my new favorite. Because I feel like Demon Slayer is um, so well choreographed and... Um, the animation is beautiful, and it's it's a really good story too. Mm-hmm. Um, some people would say that uh, I was about to say it's not that good. It's <laughs> not that good. I don't know who said that. Uh, Zuri said uh, that that the animation uh, carries it away. Every time off, anybody talks about Demon Slayer in her presence, she, she come with carries, that hate. Yeah, yeah. animation. She just, she just has to have Demon something Slayer. to push My Hero Academia against. That's what. <laughs> Yeah. She just has to have something to like say. No, my my hero's better than Demon Slayer. Mm. But is it though? Yeah, I would I would go Demon Slayer over my hero. Story wise, definitely. Like, so, my yeah. hero, my hero's story is very simple. I love their character. Yeah. De- I feel like their character development is pretty good. No, um, he said no Attack on Titan. I like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood too. I saw that. See, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Shit. That's one of my, I think that's like my favorite full series. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of people's favorites. I, I wasn't ready though. Like, I really liked that, but then I wasn't ready for the gruesomeness because I was like, oh, it just seems so lighthearted at the beginning. Oh, <laughs> really? You didn't watch the real beginning. No, no, <laughs> yeah, I, you did not. Like, the very first thing is like, okay. They sacrificed. It's lighthearted, but then the, the sacrifice, I'm like, okay, that's grotesque. Surely <laughs> there's nothing that's going to compare it to that for the rest. <laughs> That's why I can't watch. Um, what is it? Not Jujutsu Kaisen. Jujutsu Kaisen. Another one. Not Jujutsu Kaisen. There's another one that's like more hardcore than Jujutsu Kaisen. Because somebody told me to watch. No, no, not that one. That's why I can't watch that. It's depressing and gruesome. Yeah, I know it's depressing, and like all your favorite characters die. Yeah. Um, Wait till you watch the last season and figure out what the real reason. Yeah, last season part Uno. I don't know what show because somebody told me to watch Jujutsu Kaisen as like a buffer for this other show, but I can't remember what it is. Tokyo Revengers. Tokyo Revengers. Tokyo. Yeah, I was told to watch Jujutsu Kaisen as a buffer for all the like grotesque, you know, and blood and gore. They were saying that. Jujutsu Kaisen is lesser than. Um, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's true. Tokyo Revengers. I don't. I don't I think don't so. They, don't I, you like might it. have those switch. Tokyo Revengers <laughs> is definitely less <laughs> grotesque than yeah. Kaisen. Yeah. Interesting. Kaisen. Yeah, I just I was watching episode like six again, and there was literally like a half mutilate, like a half body, like a half, just sitting there, like they just found a corpse, like just <laughs> half of it. And I was like, yeah, I forgot how how kind of like gross this is. And the nigga, yeah. the, the the nigga who can transform, and oh, can yeah, transform yeah. other people, like 
Bro. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's super gross. That's rough. Yeah, he turns just... turns people into things. Yeah, it's oh, nasty. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's all bad. I think it's because there's so much humor. Because <laughs> I just don't. I don't think of it. It's it's very gross, but I don't think of it as gross. Because there was there's no like in Brotherhood. There's when the gross stuff happens, it's deadly serious. Fact. Like it's it's really heavy. Where. But there's always like some kind of comedic aspect to jujitsu. I feel like. Yeah. If you want grotesque, watch Dead Man's Wonderland. That's gross. I don't think she does. I don't. I was trying to watch Tokyo Revengers just because everybody says it's so good. And well, I I don't know. Maybe I'll start with jujitsu. I don't know. This is good. I feel like he's saying the lightheartedness might balance it out for me. Kaizen is Kaizen is really good. Jujutsu Kaizen is um good. I want to go back and watch Brotherhood now. I know I kind of want to rewatch it because it's it's definitely a lot of pieces. You can't look down at your phone for a second or you're like missing a lot. <laughs> I mean, you know, some of us don't have those worries because uh, we watch anime in English. Um, not not myself, but some of us here present and accounted for right. it. Uh, I mean, shoot, even watching it in English, it's just a lot. It's like one of those shows where, like, you need to pay attention <laughs> or you will miss an important piece of the story. I just need, I just need to be able to look at my phone while I'm watching TV. So I, I, I make the sacrifice. And I, some of the voice actors are good. I think, I think that that was an old problem that people are just perpetrating through to the future like mm-hmm. it, i think it's old i think now they, there's good voice actors and all that stuff mm-hmm. yeah, it depends. oh yeah much yeah. better but yes yeah. so uh what did you want to be when you grew up uh well first i wanted to be a paleontologist but i didn't mm. know that word so i said a dinosaur man when i was a kid <laughs> then I wanted to be a marine biologist for many years. Um, and then I wanted to be a detective. Like once I got to high school, college, because um, marine biology was such a hard program to find. Like so few schools offer that. Um, you, be, you pretty much got to do biology and then, you know, concentrate in that or do grad school. But I wound up seeking out criminal justice like i was into sbu and all that so i was like i'm gonna do that you know yeah. kicking the door you know on the dateline dudes <laughs> so <laughs> but yeah that's pretty much what i wanted to do <laughs> okay when, when you, you went through a lot of things there um so like how did you get into cosplay Oh, gosh. Um, So in 2015, that was when I started really doing like full time kind of activist work, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I was working for a a small women's rights organization. So, I, you know, pretty much was working, had a little bit of disposable income and was like, I want to do all the things I never got a chance to do, you know, because I was busy in college or in grad school or, you know, just ripping and running so um actually before i even started cosplaying i was watching a show on sci-fi called heroes of cosplay which first came on this is back before even cosplay melee the competition show that they had 
this was more like a docu-series mm-hmm. and it chronicled like a bunch of different cosplayers in the community. And one of the prominent um, people on the show was Yaya Han. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like fell in love with her and her work, thought, her, you know, she was really cool. And I was like, you know, I really want to do this type of stuff one day. Um, even if I don't get all into the, you know, even if I don't have my own line of fabric, <laughs> like Yaya Ha does, but, um, I really want to do this. So I went to Spirit Halloween because there was Baltimore Comic Con coming up and it's, it's usually in the fall. I went to Spirit Halloween and got a Black Widow Age of Ultron costume. That was like the best costume, you know, that I liked that I felt like I, you know, looked good in it didn't look like super cheap (laughs) Um, so that was what I went with and it was pretty cool and a lot of people asked to take my pictures which I was like really like y'all want to take a picture of this shit fine you know (laughs) um uh, but and then most the vast majority of the people who were asking to take my picture were black and I kind of picked up on that immediately so that was like all right maybe there's something kind of like to this I'm like plus I thoroughly like enjoy this um but really like the community aspect is something that has always been um icing on the cake for me when it comes to cosplay mm-hmm. so so do you feel like um you, you, I guess, as far as the community aspect, uh, do you feel like you mm-hmm. kind of like found your people in cosplay, or? Well, I feel like I found my people even before that. I feel like it came in phases. Like I have friends who I've been friends with for like twenty plus years. Um, so I have like a little, a couple of them. Um, I really found like my people, like in terms of like a whole clique when I got to college. And um, it was actually like a whole group of us nerds um, who would hang out in my homie's room and play video games and watch anime and watch our favorite shows and talk about any and everything under the sun. Um, And that experience is actually what ultimately, between that experience and my experience in the cosplay community, that was ultimately what led me to create an HBCU con because that was like our own little mini con on the yard. and I, I often look back on that. So that was kind of where I found my people. But then it kind of, it was even more so, you know, in the cosplay community. It's like now yeah. I'm finding people from all different parts of the world. And, um, you know, now I got a network in New York and I got a network in Atlanta. So that's mm-hmm. pretty dope, you know. It's mm-hmm. dope. Yeah, not even just the cosplay community, but the net, the nerd community in general, like all the creatives, you know, like comic book writers and artists and stuff like that, designers. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um how how have you found it like uh being a black woman in like cosplay, you know, convention, nerd, you know, all that stuff? I mean, it has its pros and cons for sure. You know, I mean, being a black woman just in general is lit. Love it here. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, for real. Like, yeah, really, it's like lit. too much sauce over here, man. And sometimes it's it's really like just, and even just the aspects of the of like the HBCU experience and, and the Black Greek experience and all that. I just love every bit of it. Um, 
And and when you take that and combine it with the cosplay community, I think that black women in the cosplay community are killing it, like killing it. Um, and with that being said, I also feel like there are a lot who don't have nearly the don't get nearly like the attention or or praise, if you will, that they deserve in comparison, especially when you compare them to cosplayers of other races, women of other races, um, <clears throat> even when it comes to like the upper echelon. Um, you compare them to like the upper echelon of white, the white cosplay community. It's no comparison. It's no comparison. Like we have maybe one, two, you know, cosplayers who got like more than a quarter million followers yeah. and maybe like three or four, maybe five with more than a hundred K, you know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's starting to have more folks like kind of pop up. But it's a lot, and um, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, it's funny because now that I'm taking this freaking diversity and inclusion thing on the side, I could use some of the verbiage. But there is a lot of explicit bias, like where people are just flat out like, oh, they don't care about black women, and they go out on the internet and say all these horrible things about mm-hmm. us. Um, like there, I had a picture with some friends that went viral and guys were saying we were paid models and all this other stuff um and all that is one thing and i've gotten that i've gotten like comments in person and uh online usually people are like saying stuff that's like outright um malicious it's online where in person it's like more hypersexualized like a more hypersexualized saying inappropriate things um especially white men. Oh my God. They just, wow. they just feel like they can do whatever the hell they want. <laughs> oh, they, they love, they love the thumb thing. Yeah. 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 And the whole fetishization and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, really the thing I feel like that gets a lot of black women, not just cosplayers, but like creatives in the community is that implicit bias where you're like trying to do business and, you know, just trying to like, get things done in certain aspects and people and you're constantly hitting these walls because um you know because of your position as a black woman or your disposition rather where like you're either being erased your contributions and your accomplishments are being erased or appropriated um co- you know copy you know people just straight copying or whatever not giving you credit for it <clears throat> there's a lot of that um and it hurts more when it comes from like your own people, you know, any of that stuff always hurts more when it comes from your own people. Um, but, you know, like it's just a microcosm of the real world, unfortunately, mm-hmm. like it's it's no different. I think it's a little bit more exasperated because it's we're very adjacent to like the entertainment industry. So um, there's just so many like. Me being, you know, <laughs> a social scientist, if you will, it's it's very interesting case study. This community is, um, but yeah, overall, like I wouldn't trade it for anything. And um, all of those experiences that I've had personally, and you know, experiences that I've like read about or heard about, um, have also lended me to create in this space because it's like I want to create a space where that you know. We can be proud of, where people feel safe, and um, and celebrated and seen. 
you know, so that was kind of really big for me. And and when I felt like the last, when I thought back to when's the last time I felt all these things, I always look back on my experience at Bowie. So mm. I know that's a long way around the the answer, but <laughs> no, that's that's fantastic. Um, so I got uh, talking about Bowie. Let's talk about uh, uh this man Maurice. You went to Bowie. <laughs> Or is he riding uh, on Bluey? Oh Bowie. damn, that would be go, that would be rude. Did, did he go there? Did he go there? Or, oh, he oh, went he to Morgan. Okay. He went to Morgan. Okay, okay. Okay. I, was about, I was about to downvote it just because he went there. I'm like, oh man, it might not be that good of a yeah, right? They accept. They accept just anybody at Morgan, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh no, no. They don't look out for character when they get into Morgan. That's all I know. Nah, so, yeah, a, you know, that's all right. They 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 accepted this nigga. Well, you know, yeah. They, maybe they've improved their standards since he left. That's why. Uh, that's why I was a dark cloud when I visited one time on Morgan State's campus. Um. <laughs> uh, so talking about uh Bowie, um HBCU Con <laughs> is gonna be the the in person part is gonna be on Bowie's campus. So. Um, can you tell us a little bit about HBCU Con? Like, uh, like who who is it for? Like, who is is this HBCU students who are nerds only? I mean, I I imagine people who aren't nerds could are welcome to come, but like, mm-hmm. is that who it's directed towards, or like, how, t- tell us a little bit more about it? So, I essentially created this space because I wanted to not only celebrate the HBCU community and the geeks that kind of like come out of it. Um but also bridging the gap with Black geeks at large, primarily because it just seemed like there was always this disconnect and this this um, unspoken narrative that your identity as a nerd um, is somehow in correlation with proximity to whiteness, right? So like there are aspects of our identities and things like that. So for example, you know, you can like hip hop, you can like rock, you can like country, you can be, you know, you can be into this thing, be into drawing, be into basketball. Um, you can be into a myriad of many things. And I feel like um, black people don't really get that luxury. Like we're often put into a box and um, and we're not allowed to like be both kind of like you're either filling in the stereotype or you're not like the other ones, you know what I mean? <laughs> so that whole bit. Um, yeah, one yeah. or three, at the end of the day, we're really just human and we have our own aspects and we have our own culture that makes us who we are. Um, so I just wanted to like take the experience that I had and the love and the affirmation and the validation that I got, um, not just from my HBCU experience, but growing up in DC when it in a time when it was called Chocolate City. And um and taking that experience and like giving it back to the world, so okay, be that again. man, I'm telling you, what, Chocolate City. Yeah, yeah. I, don't know, I mean, when man. you think about it, right? It's just we're it's one tangent, right? But we're we are living in a time where thanks to careers like in tech, we are making more money as a collective than we ever have before. It, it's mm-hmm. just a matter of, of time before we can start making our way into purchasing those homes that were taken from our families in the past mm-hmm. few years. So, in my yeah, that's my hope at least. 
Fingers crossed. Right. For sure. Yeah. They, yeah. I mean, literally terraforming the city for like white oh. folks to come in and buy it up. Like they tearing up the roads. They, you know, breaking up historic housing. Like it's uh, frustrating. Historic houses. Mm-hmm. You said what? Yeah. That's usually oh, yeah. like a non-touchable thing. Like not in a city majority owned by black people. <laughs> Facts. Uh, not historic anymore. Nah, that's like, that's not history. That's just you know, old. Needs to be. Yeah, old. it's just old. Just old. like hey. for, like there, there were mm-hmm. homes when I was looking for a home. Like there was a few homes that were like, oh, that looks pretty nice or whatever. And then it's like, it's a historic home, and I immediately was no longer interested because like you can't. It's so hard to do anything to a historical home, much less tear it down. That's like unthinkable. Around. Yeah, you they have really strict guidelines for how you like upkeep them and um yeah. and renovations and stuff. But they will give you like grant money to help you pay for it if you register yeah. it. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, and I also think it depends on where you live too. Like, you know, Georgetown is different from you know Anacostia. You know what I'm saying? Like Yep. It's definitely different from Florida. Yeah. It's different from North Miami. That's what it's for certain. Absolutely. Every house down that place in Florida. Hey, hey guys. I think I think you guys are losing focus. This is China's time. I don't know why you guys are talking about Florida. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. I'm disappointed in all of you. Can we get back on top? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Batman has spoken. Unexpected. Um, <laughs> so uh, all right, I think we kind of touched on like your vision, how you decided to start um the convention. Um so I mean let's just go ahead with uh talking about how has it been like so HBCU Con last year um was virtual only, you know, yes. pandemic, whatever. Yes. Um but this year you, it's it's a hybrid event, right? There's a, some virtual parts, there's some parts in person that's gonna be at Bowie State. Um, mm-hmm. how, how has that been like organizing that and just trying to get everything together and like, uh, you know, have programming and stuff like that? Oh my gosh. It's been really intense for one. Cause, um, the Kickstarter campaign in of itself was a huge lift, like a huge lift. And, um, I did not hardly get any sleep. I remember after Kickstarter, we met our goal. I got such a good night's sleep. That was like the best night's sleep I had gotten in weeks. (laughs) Um, So that was, and then I, then we're planning the event on top of that, you know, so we're taking in panel applications, trying to secure, you know, these different spaces on these different days. Mm -hmm. So I would say um, that whole period when we were doing the Kickstarter and planning the event, that was probably most intense honestly um that it's that it had been and then after that you know we built out the sweet you know it's building out the schedule and that stuff so um it was really just a matter of implementation but now at this point it's like we're pretty much chilling and just waiting for the you know the day to come like there's still things that we're doing um you know packaging like we got kickstarter donors so the people who are coming in be able to get their stuff when they check in um the kickstarter folks who aren't coming to the con we're going to mail you guys your stuff 
um, afterwards, but everything's pretty much set and has like all the, it's, I'm really like kind of, um, it feels kind of surreal how the pieces have all fallen into place. Um, so yeah, it's just a lot of moving parts and it, it kind of feels wow to even think that we managed to put it all together. <laughs> oh, hey, congrats on uh, being on autopilot a little bit. Um, Wow, that sounds crazy. Um, especially yeah. for, I mean, like, how many people are y'all expecting? Well, it'll probably honestly be a few hundred. Like, I'm, I'm honestly thinking it'll be close to five hundred. That's a lot of people because we already have a couple hundred pre pre sale. Yeah. We sold almost a hundred just from Kickstarter, so that was pretty cool. And then, um, like they're all coming in, like student tickets, HBCU students. We um did release some discount tickets for them, so those are just fifteen dollars. If you're an HBCU student, you just bring your ID. Um, but yeah, and then I even that's not even counting like the panelists who are coming through, <laughs> the the ambassador, you know, the guest speakers, the cosplay mm-hmm. guests step teams the um fashion show models and designers and like all these people who are coming through to pretty much you know the musical performers who are coming through yard fest so are you you looking for it to be like a for-profit thing or that's not really the concern right now for that well that's um interesting you say that we've been having that conversation for a while now and I've really been leaning in the nonprofit direction. Um, I know that there are like limitations with that. There's pros and cons to you know either one. So I haven't quite landed on where I'm gonna go, but that's the direction that I'm kind of leaning towards. And then for me, it's just a matter of what am I gonna do for profit? You know, either for um, you know, the convention or for myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, just uh, one of the things, right, that I would say that I've seen other people do, or at least other communities do, um, is sell tickets to the con um, mm-hmm. in NFT fashion, right? And in that way, you mm-hmm. always get a kickback if those tickets are sold. Um, mm-hmm. So say someone trades those tickets in the future, you'll receive a portion of that trade. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a way to kind of keep mm-hmm. revenue in. Um uh-huh. But yeah, that's just a a tech head way of of looking at it. Yeah, I know NFT can be a buzzword, and I'm not, you know, too privy to them. But that actually does sound really useful. (laughs) We'd be happy to consult Mm -hmm. on that. Listen, Mm -hmm. so so what are what are some of the things that are um, influencing your decision whether you're going to go nonprofit or for profit? So you're leaning towards nonprofits. So I'm I'm assuming um, sponsorship. There's a, princi- there's a principled reason, like why you want to go that route. There is. I mean, there's um, one. Like part of it is like you know taking the having the HBCU legacy and and name attached to my brand or to mm-hmm. our brand rather, and what that means. And um and how I want to like chart that out, 
I feel like even if I were to go the for-profit route, that I would still want to have like a foundation, like a nonprofit attached to it. Mm -hmm. Um, But the advantage, the primary advantage for for for-profit would be I have like more control over my spending, um, you know, where, you know, nonprofit, you have funders who are giving you grants or contracts and you have certain deliverables you have to meet to appease them or they're not going to fund you in the next next cycle. And then every two years or every year, whenever the grant cycle, you know, is up for renewal, you have to have people to help you get those applications in and the guidelines can be very strict. Um, and very precise. So it can take a lot of like manpower to keep that machine going um, versus for-profit where you can kind of like generate the money um, and then you control how you spend it and you can like have as much of a reserve as you would want where with for-profit you have to spend it. Like they allow you to have a certain amount of reserve for a rainy day but you have to spend that money. Um, so, yeah. I get that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. You got anything else for uh, HBCUCon? Any other questions about what they're doing with that? Is what, what aspect of the con are you looking forward to the most yourself? Oh, man. I don't know if there's any one I'm looking forward to most. I don't want to be cliche and be like, I'm looking forward to it being over because I don't want to say that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm looking forward to pulling it off successfully. I'm not yeah. necessarily looking forward to it being over. Um, 100%. But I think the step show will probably be, you know, a thing because, of course, I'm, you know, I'm Greek. So it's like having that will be a really good, and that's a lot, you know, because you're dealing with other nonprofits trying to coordinate that. So it can be hard where Yard Fest is like you got independent artists, you know, so that's kind of like easier for me, um, especially since, you know, most of them are my friends who I know personally. So I'm like, yeah, just come sing or <laughs> come, you know, drop some some bars. I, you know, we'll give you a little honorary. <laughs> so that was kind of simpler versus the organizations where there's a lot more bureaucracy and red tape. Um and I have to, you know, me being a Greek, there's certain like ways I have to conduct myself so that I'm giving them their proper respect. So, um, and I'm more likely to get the results I want out of that, you know, but it's been really cool too, not just because of that, but in planning it, I've been like reconnecting a lot more with my chapter Neos and, you know, the, the Soros who are on campus um, because the Greek council president just so happens to be a delta right now <clears throat> so i've like really con- like connected and bonded with them just because of that um i also think having the marching band come will, um and seeing like my old band perform like on campus is going to be a treat as well i know different things different things for different people like some people are really looking forward to the gaming tournament some people are really looking forward to just the, like the lounge where they can come and do free play. Some people are really looking forward to the fashion show. Um, is so the fashion some... show just um, is going to be like a cosplay fashion show, or is it just going to be like a regular like uh, like overall fashion show of different? So the theme 
The fashion show is called Super Slay. It's based off a panel that I created um, called Super Slay, which is basically a panel on um, cosplay and costume design, cosplay and fashion design. But the theme for this year is the multiverse of fashion. So it's mm. primarily going to be around um, like Marvel, um, that whole bit for the multiverse of madness. But we're also going to have some um, some other like universes like anime bad waifus coming through and showing off some of her um collections and stuff so yeah that's the theme this year mm-hmm. oh, so I, I got two questions um mm-hmm. one is there so you you did say there's a it's it's uh there's a virtual aspect right yes you, yes 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 are you you gonna stream that on like youtube or discord or anything like that so yes we actually if you go on our eventbrite um it's pretty much free for the virtual you just donate whatever any amount you want um and we have a sponsorship through subsume subsume is sponsoring our gamer jive space so um gamer jive is actually really for the all the people on discord it's actually really cool if you're a gamer and I think you'll really enjoy it. It kind of reminds me of The Sims because you have an avatar, like a little character and you can customize it um, and like walk around like a 3D space, go to all the pan- um, go to like pretty much most of the panels, like our feature panels are going to be streamed live. Special events will be streamed live. And then we'll also have some panels that will be exclusively um, virtual as well. So you'll definitely have some, whether you come virtually or whether you come in person, you'll definitely have some fun that weekend. That's almost like how Sony did with um, uh, one year they had E3 and they did a virtual mm-hmm. like um, PlayStation for PlayStation Home, mm-hmm. I think it was called. And mm-hmm. you just walk around at different panels and stuff. Mm-hmm. And every time you walked around, you got something you can just download. So. Yeah, so we'll have virtual tables and you can check out all the vendors there. All the vendors, you know, like we're offering the table, virtual tables as well. And then you can go to like the virtual panel rooms. Um, You can actually like chat with people just like you do on Discord. Um, And they have like little chat bubbles that you can talk to people. So yeah, it's pretty dope. That's interesting. So uh, Maurice asks, is there a chance for another um, illustrious HBCU, not Howard or Coppin, in the DMV area to host uh, <laughs> HBCU Con next year? You know. Yes. So the ultimate goal is to continue to have our flagship event. It'll more than likely, the more flagship event will more than likely remain in the DMV unless I go somewhere. <laughs> Only other area I could really see it like being a flagship event will be Atlanta, um, quite honestly. But in addition to our flagship event in the area, we're also going to be taking it on tour and having an ev- having events on different campuses every year, um, especially looking at the, the opportunity of um, partnering with them for their homecoming seasons and doing mm-hmm. something like in conjunction with that, like maybe something the week before or the week after or something. Um, so yeah, that's something I really want to do. I really want to take HBCU Con to Jackson State really want to take it to miles college and tougaloo college and 
you know, North Carolina Central and um, oh, FAM, and, you and, know. Yeah, 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 that's mm-hmm. Of course, of course. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. right. Of course. Yeah, we yeah have, Bethune, uh, Cookman, shoot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you can, you can probably right. skip Bethune, but, you know, that's all good. Yeah. Probably yeah, skip Bethune. Yo. Yeah. Oh, don't say that. That's my sorrow found at that school. Uh-oh. Books are hard. Bless her heart. Bless her heart. There's a difference. Bruh. I think Maurice might uh, specifically be interested in one particular HBCU. Which um, one is that? Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that I, I'm sure I, I've never heard of Eastern Shore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Their food yeah. is good. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. I went there for a conference when I was an undergrad and they just had like all this their spread was like, you know, when you're in college. <laughs> I had like one Free plate food. of seafood. I had like one plate of like fried fish and some other shit. And then I had another plate of just tacos. Yeah, I mean, oh, I would hope they got good seafood. <laughs> there. Like, that would be This is a pretty uh, campus. This thing I already ate. <laughs> yeah, Eastern Shore is an HBCU. Hey man, Ooh. and there's a lot of HBCUs <laughs> that a lot of people don't know about. There's oh, yeah. and yeah, I was not aware of Eastern Shore. I don't live yeah. in the DMV area, so I don't feel as bad. I, I I'm aware <laughs> of the school. I had no like, idea. I'm sorry. Go it's ahead. also like two hours away. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah, oh. yeah. It's on. It's closer to Salisbury. It's in Salisbury, actually. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I had a, I had a, a work friend. Well, I don't work there anymore, but he's from Salisbury. Mm-hmm. And he went to he went to that university there. But. Yeah, there's oh, Salisbury and then there's Eastern Shore. Mm-hmm. Eastern Shore is a D one. I'm learning so much know. today. It's a D one. Might be dependent. They don't have a football team. I don't oh, think. It's in the Mia. It's in the spring. It's in the Mia. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Mia and the ECAC. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm learning a lot about uh Eastern Shore today. Uh, all right. I was learning a lot about uh the DMV area today, which is <laughs> nice. Week. So uh, what what does uh success look like for this con for you? What do you what do you hope uh, happens? My hope is that. People will have such a great time and have so many great things to say about this year that our couple runneth over in resources so that we can make it even bigger and better for next year and make it sustainable for years to come, quite frankly. Um, I want to provide, I want us to provide scholarship funds for people. I want to continue to have, you know, discount tickets for HBCU students. Um, so that they can come to these events, you know, for for the low, you know, as as low as we can possibly make it, because um, that's kind of how HBCU events are too. Any college event, like the students get one price, and then the the alumni and everybody else pays another fee. So that's like the hope, and to really like make it as big as um as bigger and better as it could possibly be every year, you know, and keep it authentic. That's really the the big for me keep it authentic and um and genuine um kind of how i frame it is being inclusive intersectional and unapologetic so i want it to be very much 
a safe space for for all black people, you know, not just a select few. True. All right. That's dope. Um, so like I guess what are you what are you what kind of stuff are you up to today? Like what's your what's your shit now? What's your fandom? What's your show that you have to see? Um, like what is what is that thing today? Well, I know it's not really on right now, but The Witcher is my jam. Um, I have got into. Yeah, it is. I'm waiting. Have you read the books? No, I need to read the books. They're pretty good. I'm famous for well, not famous. I actually used to finish books when I had time, (laughs) but I'll pick up a book and not finish it. I still got a couple books I need to finish. Welcome (laughs) to the club. Right. Mm-hmm. I switched you. primarily to audiobooks for everything. I don't. I know it's not that's great kind of for idea. brain development, but that yeah, that's what I do too. That's I'm, I'm doing something else with my hands. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, fandoms. Uh, I need to catch up on Euphoria, but that's my jam. I actually finished season one recently. Makes me so uh, sad. I know. <laughs> I need to get into Abbott Elementary. I hear that's lit. Oh, I love Yo. Abbott. I need love Abbott. Abbott. So yeah, I need yeah. Abbott in my life. The janitor is like my favorite character. character. The janitor is <laughs> the best character. The janitor is always the best Ooh. in any show like that. Um, I'm trying to think of what I'm watching like right now because I haven't had. I was just telling somebody the other day like I haven't really had time to watch TV in <laughs> in a minute. Um, gosh. Oh, Peacemaker. I was watching Peacemaker. Oh, you That's a funny show. It is. It's fucking <laughs> hilarious. It's a lot. Just like, how do we get here? Um, Eagle's low-key my favorite part right, so of the show. Know. The Eagle. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm waiting. I'm just waiting on these Marvel movies to come out low-key. I need to see Sonic. It does feel super long, right? Yeah. Like, like we've been yeah. waiting for like a full year. In a minute, yeah. Oh. Um, and I lo- I need to see Sonic too. I do want to see that. Yeah. Anything? Oh, uh, you got any cool projects, or are you just uh, just HBCU con until that's you know over and work. And I start. Oh, right. I started my new job, so oh, like it's just getting acclimated to that. Doing all the, you know, train the mandatory trainings, <laughs> um, but then also getting ready to travel soon too. Um, not long after the con, like maybe a week or two, I'm gonna be traveling. So traveling. Where you go? Traveling? I mean, it's a pandemic out here. Yeah, I'm going to Charlotte. Yeah, going to Charlotte for yeah. like a a cosplay thing, or for just like thing. for a work thing. Yeah. All right. Hey, good luck. Yeah, I don't know where I'm going, but you know they we visiting HBCUs basically. Oh shit! True, true, true. You just yeah. you're uh, that, associate that director. Of, like, yeah. Lack some optimism, uh, Suave. Mm-hmm. Carl, is I mean, um, Suave, is there any um, any HBCUs you want to forget in Charlotte? <laughs> like like the ones you got up here, up there. Yo. I had no idea. They was talking about they going to Eastern. Shore. I'm like, you're going way over there to go to school with white people, and then you can go to College Park up the road. I, I had no no clue, no clue. 
for about it is mostly white people in that area but that school is black (laughs) you know now i know you're not you're not going there to go to be white people the more you know and good for good for those students um (laughs) all right but so i mean we already talked about what you're into right now for for what's good so i mean i think that's y'all got anything else for chana before uh before we let her go this is a random question um okay do you think that um talking about cosmic i used to watch that show too um Mm -hmm. here's a cosplay Mm -hmm. and that's what got me into like oh i want to cosplay now haven't done it yet Mm -hmm. but you know in the future um do you think as more and more um black people are cosplaying like i because i from facebook there's a lot of people that post a lot of female cosplayers a lot of male cosplayers who are black or Mm -hmm. um people of color and do you Mm -hmm. think that as time progresses that would be a new like entertainment industry not trope but i guess genre of cosplaying be like a a new like fashion sense or a new uh uh what's the proper way to structure i guess fashion i guess fashion sense almost like how style uh, like yeah style yeah like how black culture has has evolved and has kind of taken over the entertainment industry or fashion industry entertainment industry all that stuff you know, you think like nerd coaster and cosplaying would be kind of doing the same thing as well um, as more and more black people are cosplaying. And you see it at different cons, like HBCU con, Blurt con, yeah. um, stuff like that. I think that that's, we're kind of witnessing that right now. Like we're living in that transition right now. And black people have always been the standard for what is cool, what is hip you know, regardless of where you are, what industry it is, like you go on TikTok, you know, and you know, who there it's like all our stuff, but we're not the ones making the most money. Um, so it's kind of like I think back to when they first opened the Museum of African American History and Barack Obama did a speech there for the opening and he said it's very possible in the struggle for equity and justice, it's very possible to go forward and backwards at the same time. Mm. So I see some of that, but I also see, um, you know, growth and opportunities, especially because there's a lot of companies that are like trying to invest in these things, even with the HBCU movement, like that's this new renaissance kind of, and being a part of that is just kind of surreal in of itself. So yeah. I think that, and then the curiosity that sparked on, on that side, because folks are like who look, you know, once looked at me and they were like, oh, you know, she's weird, but we'll let her do her. But now they're like, oh, this is really cool. Like, yeah, I want to be involved in this kind of thing. So I think that that is something that we're probably going to see more of. Um, and just being mindful of um, like how we preserve the sanctity of the, of the community, quite yeah. frankly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially with, easier said than done. It's just putting in the effort to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I only ask that because I know going to fam, you know, and how we had an anime club, video game club, did a whole bunch of stuff with the video game mm-hmm. club and the anime club. Mm-hmm. And we always used to see like FSU doing 
Um, because it's literally across the street, they would do their own cons or they would do like mm-hmm. cosplaying and stuff. And when we tried to get people on board in the administrator side, they're like, "Oh, mm-hmm. what's the point of this? You know, this, this, and that." And they and so like that's why that's, I asked. That's I was dealing with when I was trying to have this event. Like I've been trying to do this since 2019. You know, I've been talking to people at oh, on campus and. And mind you, I graduated from this. Like, I graduated from here. My aunt graduated from Bowie. My dad went to Bowie and worked for Bowie Campus Police. Um, I got one of the top, I got the Presidential Student Leadership Award, the top award that you can get that's not, like, strictly academic-based. And for me to have, you know, founded the Alternative Spring Break Program at my alma mater, and for me to have done all that and to have the connections that I had, and still have to jump through so many hoops, you know, just mm-hmm. to get that buy-in. Um, I get it. I get yeah. it. And that's ultimately why, like, I really want this thing to take off. And I feel like the bigger that it gets, it's going to become, like, undeniable. Like, they're going to want in on it. And I think we're seeing that now because um, you're starting to see HBCUs are getting gaming in yeah. sports programs. Yeah, yep. um, has a has a like, saw that before. Team. Yeah, yeah, you never saw that before. So yeah. it's like it's time we take a stake in this. We're spending all our money on this shit. We might as well make a little bit. Yeah, because at least have an outlet to enjoy ourselves. Yeah, that's one of the things we were fighting for. Bias. Yeah, yeah, we, we especially for a video game club. That's like Crescent, who's not here, but he started the video game club, mm-hmm. and we were fighting for that for years. Of trying to get an esports team, trying to do a convention, and mm-hmm. they kept. But we had administrators not show up like to meetings, like because they didn't care, mm-hmm. and we were like, "Yo, y'all just okay? Y'all gonna be in the back on the bandway?" And now they're like, "Oh yes, do the esports thing, this, this, and that." I mean, I'm glad that they're doing it now, but yeah. um, but I would rather like see, especially with cosplay, like um, you know how at cons they all has like the cosplay girls like dress up. You know, mm-hmm. how about have the models from different HBCUs do the same thing for, yeah. you know, and try to start a program like that. So, I mean, it's, I mean, like you said, it's, we've kind of seen it now, but I was just curious on what you thought about that. So, yeah, absolutely. And not only that, but I think it'll help possibly create pipelines and opportunities for people to um, get more into like costuming, you know, and open doors for cosplayers and to get into that as well. Um, and just having, you know, sometimes it doesn't always have to be a means to an end. Sometimes you just mm-hmm. need an outlet and just need a hobby. Um, and I think that now we're seeing like we're able, we have the kind of like the luxuries and the liberties to be able to express ourselves. And not only that, but the information and the resources to express ourselves in ways and in the and in levels that we've never done before. Um, we were so busy in the struggle, you know, and I mean, it's still a struggle, but like just thinking about, you know, my dad and my mom never had this type of space, you know, nor would they have felt welcome in, in that type, in the spaces that were available back then. So it's just crazy. And now, you know, they're coming with me to conventions and they went from like, why are you doing this? Like, what is this, you know, for, to, to helping me invest in what and what I got going on and saying like, Hey, you want us to volunteer? Um, that's been major. 
So I think it'll turn around. We just got to really push this thing. And and now for us, it's like, we're the ones who are coming of age, you know, eventually, you know, we're going to be the old people in charge. So we just got to make sure we stay humble so that we're not the ones waving the church finger at the younger generations when they're trying to get their feet off the ground, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So speaking of cosplay, I have, so what do you have like a favorite that you've done or like an aspirational joint that you're like, you know, one day I'm going to do this right. And I'm going to fuck them up. <laughs> like what, um, what are those for you? <laughs> I have a few of those. Um, but I haven't quite gotten like, I have, I have so many of those, but I think one that I feel like Nux and the Moon, I definitely was one of my favorites because it took so much work. And that was one of those ones where I was like, I'm going to fuck them up with this one day. And that was, it felt really good to like bring that one to fruition. And I think with the pandemic and everything, it kind of blended to all those conditions where I was like, now nah, I got the time and the energy to focus on this. Um, of course, I love Chun-Li. The red dress, the red one is probably my favorite between the ones that I've done. And um, I really do want to bring back my Princess Mononoke, but I kind of want to like revive it and make mm. it like um, like really, really add my style to it. Because that was one of the more like purest ones that I did, mm. um, where most of the other ones I tend to incorporate my sense of fashion and style into it. Um, so I really want to kind of bring that one back, but like, you know, bigger and better. Is there any new anime that you that you've seen that you want to cosplay as, or anybody recently? I guess I did Shinobu Kocho, so that was the one I really wanted to do. Um, what was anybody recent? Shinobu, your your favorite Demon Slayer, or is that just the the fireest costume? And you were like, I need this. Yeah, I love her personality too. That's fair. I love her personality. I was like, who is this? Okay. I'm like, I like her. She's kind of like me a little bit. And then when I found out she's a Pisces, I'm like, okay, yeah, she is me. Um, <laughs> you find her signs. <laughs> time, right. Hey, man, they yeah. be putting them signs in, in them character profiles. Yeah. That is true. Zodiac is, is true. apparently very important to uh, to Japanese, uh, Japanese culture because the anime, they never miss. They're like, this is their sign. Mm. I remember that from Sailor Moon because, like I said, when I was learning everything there was to learn about it. I do have one character, anime character who I want to cosplay, but I don't want to disclose it because I don't want I'm petty. <laughs> so, hey, is there any advice you have for anybody who wants to get into cosplay like uh, JK over there or somebody else? Like, who's trying to, what, what's how, what's AJ. the best way to start? Oh, I'm I'm absolutely not that kind of person. I, I can't be on the I don't have to call. He wants to be bat. He wants to be Batman, but he doesn't know how to do it. Like yeah, do I, I want to be Batman in real life, not 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 one of the real money. He's like, I I just want the billions of dollars. Like, yeah, I, just, I want the, the billions of dollars and all the cool stuff. I probably won't save anybody though. Like, what was the question again? Okay, advice to a new an aspiring yeah. cosplayer. <laughs> People who want to cosplay, who want to get started. Yeah, like what's what's the best way to get started? Just do it. 
With like Spirit Halloween, buy that first city costume. Like, yeah, anything yeah, about like, like if you have to costuming, you like building your own costume, like any of that stuff. Like if you want to build your own costume, then you know you, there's always YouTube or following. I would just say follow people who are like if you want to build armor follow armor builders if you want to be a seamstress follow seamstresses mm-hmm. um see if there are any possible workshops that you can take what you know there might be some low cost or free ones that are um either in person or virtual um taking advantage of stuff especially if you go to cons some a lot of times at the cons they'll have panels on stuff like that okay. um so you can Very check true, those true. out do stuff like that for me i'm a closet cosplayer so that's um kind of like my bit but i really just took pieces literally like that chun Li dress that red dress i've had since i was like 14 i bought it for homecoming mm. <laughs> my first homecoming my freshman year and then i just um had it altered so that i could move around in it more um and it would fit better now that i'm in my ripe old age but um <laughs> Like I just started from there and was like Googling, like I would Google pictures of the character. I, I usually start with characters who I identify with because that kind of helps me more. Um, and if I know like their pers- aspects of their personality and um, their like iconic looks, iconic poses, I would do research on that um, to kind of help me get my feet wet. Like, cause I'm really trying to not necessarily embody the character but bring the character to life in my own way. Um, mm-hmm. Like break bridging my personality with that, with that character's um, energy. So that's kind of like where I would say start. But the reason why I say just do it is because um, I kind of sat on the whole idea of cosplaying for years because I kept waiting for the perfect time. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to wait till I have more money. I'm going to wait till I have more. I'm going to wait till I have the perfect body. I'm going to wait till whatever that means, right? I'm going to wait till I have, you know, a group of people to do it with or somebody to go to a con with me. But at the end of the day, it's like I just did it and wound up getting a group of friends who went and only one of them had been to a con before. And we went to Baltimore Comic Con. It's like, you got to start somewhere, you know? Mm -hmm. You just go from there. I mean, if you've been to cons... I feel like that makes it easier because I my first con I went to I cosplayed like I went in head first like I was in the community and the con community and the cosplay community simultaneously. So if you've been to a con before, I feel like it'll be a lot easier because you already know that environment, but it'll just be different because you're dressed up. So just be prepared for more attention. <laughs> you know, like you might get stopped more. Like you might need an extra five to ten minutes to get somewhere because you're going to be stopped the whole time and asking people asking you for pictures so <laughs> that's very true mm-hmm. we're one of those people we, we are we are um <laughs> so going back to uh what you said real quick about uh doing research and trying to bring yourself to the character um for the for the for the black widow joint that's that's you you taking on the world with a gun and a motorcycle I feel like Black Widow was like, when I went to the Spirit Halloween, it was like between her and Wonder Woman. I was trying to go with with the Wonder Woman one and I didn't like the way it fit on me. I felt like it made my body look terrible Um, because it just wasn't, you 
know, like none of that stuff's tailored to like your yeah. your yeah. proportions or anything. Yeah. So Black Widow was like the more versatile, but then it was also like badass assassin. Like, yeah, I'm with that, you know. Listen, I'm down to create an assassin's organization whenever you are. Yeah, nope. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. See, I have some, no. I have some great ideas for that power. Nope. Yeah, nope. I love women who can kick oh, ass. That's always been a thing for me. I mean, I, I'd be the guy in the chair. Yeah, I'd be the leader. It'd be Charlie. He'd be chair. Charlie with his angels. He'd just be on the radio somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> Angels, okay. Not this no, he'll, he'll be dethroned. <laughs> devils, in Charlie and his devils taking his right. devils. <laughs> I never said assassin blue light eyeglass. I'm done. Yo, he had to go at you like that. Rip. All right. Um. That's why. That that's his greatest oh, guys right now. <laughs> his glasses. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want you to know who's an assassin. That's why he got the blue light glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, y'all have y'all got anything else? Chana, you got anything else for us? Anything people should know about you about HBCU Con? Um, how do you put one on? Like, oof, that's a great question. Yes, putting a con. Ready to put on a con. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's the overwhelming. Um, you know. This is my first time ever doing this myself. So, I mean, I've helped other people put on conventions, you know. I've helped other conventions get off the ground. But, like, running my own business has just taught me so much, so much. And then not even that, but just in my journey, um, in my career, and, like, in, in Greek life and all that, it feels like everything in my... Um, life has kind of like led to this moment into this like organization and really this movement so I feel like that's honestly where you should start <clears throat> is taking a look at because there's so many cons now there's so many and you have to really like take a step back and think of like how am I gonna set my this con apart like how is this con gonna set itself apart from all the other cons that are out there um and that was something that I really like when I was conceptualizing this in like 2017, 2018, that was what I really wanted to do. Like I wanted to have an event that was pro-black and, you know, pro-nerd and all these other things and kind of spoke to the essence of like all the things I'm passionate about and who I am. But I also didn't want to reinvent the wheel because there are other black conventions that are out there, you know, so it was more of like, how are you going to enhance this space as opposed to, <clears throat> you know, kind of like basically just creating another con just to create one, you know, what I mean? Whether, and it doesn't have to necessarily be a blurred convention or, a, you know, a HBCU or any of that stuff. Like it can be, you know, like my homegirl, Anita, who has the cost gala, you know, that's not explicitly <clears throat> a black event. It's a black run event and, you know, she goes out of her way to make sure that there's um, diversity and inclusion amongst like her staff and ambassadors and stuff. But you can create something that's totally whatever you want it to be. It just has to be something that is unique. Um, That's the first thing. And then the second thing is um, a mentor told me this. Don't be afraid to start small 
Um, so that was the first thing I like after I kind of did some market research, if you will, and um, asked some asked some sources that I really trusted. Like, yeah, what do you think of this idea? And um, got the trademark and everything before I even put it out because I just felt like I had I was really on to something. And I'm not going to let this get away from me. <laughs> um, and then after that, I just started doing pop-up events, like having panels at other conventions, having meetups and things of that nature. So kind of like starting there and really like building my base, because that's ultimately like what a lot of my expertise is, is um, at least at work is grassroots organizing. So that was pretty much what I was doing. Um, especially because I ain't got the money to throw 20 grand or however much at, at this. Cause that's ultimately like, you know, a lot of these people got money, you know? So it's like, if you don't have that, you got to really be people, you know, people oriented and kind of build your network um, and do the work and, and kind of create content that speaks to why this space is important. That was why I created the panel A Different World, HBCU Geeks, because it spoke to the vitality of the convention and why the space is important. So that's kind of how you want to look at it. It's really like taking yourself, stepping outside of yourself, um, because I feel like a lot of times we are so passionate about something and we want it so bad that we just don't, we wonder why, like, why don't you just get it? Like, why won't people just give me this money or, you know, it's almost like a sense of entitlement to a degree. Um, but you really have to convince these people, like, why should they invest their hard earned money into your idea? You know, you know, and not only just whether or not is it a good idea, but can you be trusted with this idea and with this money? Um, so it's so much that goes into it. And, I, I somebody asked me if I was going to do a master class in it, <laughs> it uh, because it's been so long. It's been such a long road for me. And with the pandemic, like I could have never foreseen that because um, we were supposed to have our first con in 2020 and literally it got nixed like six weeks out. <laughs> so Man, that was a lot of cons in 2020. Crazy. Yeah. They yeah. Got yeah, so then and then it was, you know, having to adjust and do the virtual one in 2021, which I didn't really want to do because I had this whole vision in my mind that it was going to be this big, great thing, you know, and but then I had to humble myself and be like, okay, if I want to keep this train moving, then I need to adapt and, you know, make do with the resources that we have. And it worked out well. We had like 35 panels at the virtual con last year, plus a virtual concert. Yep. Mm -hmm. And we had a virtual concert. We had a virtual fashion show. So it was really nice, you know? So it's definitely been a huge, it's, it's just been, I've learned a lot in the past, what is it, four years now? Yeah. Well, so maybe yeah. you need to work on that masterclass. Yeah. Bro. <laughs> I just might. I just might. Just on event planning in general, like event, because it's so people. You know, it's it's so much harder than people think it is. 
Like oh, people yeah, who yeah. are good at it, like we like people like who are good at it make it look easy. Yeah. But it's not. It's a lot of moving parts, especially when it comes to cons, you know. There's so many moving parts. <clears throat> That's what you can call a masterclass con magic. Ah! Con magic. Oh no! That actually does sound bad. Worse than that sound. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna sound like she's gonna make your money disappear. Con. Yeah, right. <laughs> con man. That's what I'm saying. That's called con man. Yeah, it's a it's a master class on putting together cons. Yeah, um, right. Or convention <laughs> magic. That would be better. <laughs> convention magic. Oh God! That sounds better. Conventional magic. Conventional. Oh my gosh. Oh, That's speaking. Cute. Speaking of conventional, do you have a nerd them that's not like traditionally nerdy? Like, you know, um, I mean, kind of like you said, like um, the the definition kind of evolved. You know, they call mm-hmm. you know academic, you know, leaning people nerds. But like, as far as like you know stuff today that people consider nerdy, anime, you know, superhero stuff, comics, all of that. Do you have something outside of that that you like? really fired up about like i guess for example um marcia is really into like fashion really into pop culture those are some of her like nerddoms that aren't you know nerdy in the same way that like i would say i am and like most of the guys here are do you have something like that i've always been um into art I've always been really into art. Of course, like I said, paleontology. Um, Are you still fucking with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anytime. You going to retire and be a dino man? Yeah, I will be a dinosaur man. I would be a dinosaur man. You watched a lot of Jurassic Park. Watch a lot. Yeah, Jurassic Park was my shit growing up. Yeah. Did it hurt you when you found out dinosaurs had feathers or was that like... It was definitely something to digest, but it didn't necessarily hurt. Oh, they hurt me. That's like they're kind of cooler now. I could buy it. Giant giant birds. Taken aback by that. Like what? We had a bunch of fucking big ass geese and turkeys running around here. Fucking shit out. That's why geese are so rude. They remember. I used to be big and you used to be little. Like, so just, that's why when you, you walk next to the geese, they just start kissing and they're just pissed you off. Say we were geese. Oh, done. Geese are like, oh. It's like, if it were 10 million years ago, I'd fire off on you, man. Like, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. I do love um anthropology also. Mm. Especially Egyptology, but any like ancient culture, I'm just so fascinated yeah. by like how they lived, their religions, you know, the way they dressed, all that stuff is really fascinating to me. Yeah. That's how I am with myths and stories and mm-hmm. especially like Egyptian and Yeah, I love mythology, yeah. Yeah. Same. Mm-hmm. That's why I like Moon Knight so much. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know the story of Moon Knight, mm-hmm. so I might have to check that out because uh, I fuck with mythology. Watch the show. I will. I have to. That's uh, and I might have to look into that. That's dope. Um, 
What else? I think that's it. I think that's all I got right now. Y'all got anything else? <laughs> Sorry, I keep thinking of questions. But we, I promise we're going to let you know. No, it's soon. all good. This has been dope. All right. Thanks for joining us it's for sure. Really dope, I appreciate y'all. Hopefully I get to see y'all at the con. Hey, f- fingers crossed, man. I, I, you know, some people have been going outside more than others. I may be in the house if uh, we don't see a severe <laughs> decline in, uh, you know, Understood. cases. And because uh, I like, so I had COVID before, I'm pretty sure, bef- like before uh-huh. the big outbreak. And uh-huh. then I had it again. That was November 2019. And then I caught it over Christmas. And, uh, you know, I'm not trying to catch it the third time. I'm not trying to tangle with that thing again, man. Like, ah. Uh, and I was super the sickest I've been in my whole life, both times. Um, hey, third time so, the time with immunity, man. Hell, hell. Three, three strikes, three strikes, three strikes, and I'm out. Fuck around three and get long haul COVID man. or some shit. Nah, three strikes. I'm a, nah, nigga. They strike me. Uh, no, I, I, I will. I intend to. Uh, I I mean, I'm. I might be attending digitally. I, I plan to, to, okay. to be up in that digital number. Yeah, it's that probably that digital situation for myself as well. Mm. That's what's up. I do really want to go, but uh, we'll see. What? Yeah, check. Okay. Your avatar can meet up with my avatar in the digital world, man. So don't worry about it. There you go. <laughs> Boom. Hey, Maurice bought a ticket. That's what I'm talking about, fam. Better buy a ticket with all that money he got. Hey, Maurice hey. bought everybody a ticket. Hey, I can buy a ticket. How about that? Every, everybody in the chat. Yeah, ticket. There we go. Tickets on Maurice. That's what you should do if you're a real one. There you go. Yeah, me and Carl plane tickets as well. Because uh yeah. So they can there you go. That's all we need. Not asking for much. Not asking for much. Maurice is a billionaire. Oh he didn't know. You illustrious alumni. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> this moment. I must be missing out in the chat. Yeah. yeah, on Twitch. <laughs> Cut. Right. Well, yes, I appreciate y'all. This has been so much fun. Definitely, we appreciate yes. having you. Y'all got any any last words for Chana? Any last well, words? Just, thank you for coming on. Thanks for joining. Yep. Us. Do that master class because, yep. like, putting on a con is definitely something I've uh, thought about, but like, been terrified immediately. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's something to talk about for sure, and I don't think that that's something that could be really done in a master class. Like, it could be like mm-hmm. an intro, but I really think that that's like a long term consulting or mentorship to mentoring type project. Honestly, I work too. Yeah, I really yeah. see YouTube we'll videos. Talk. Yeah, okay. we can do some knowledge sharing. Yeah, and I'm with it. With it, all right, Shauna. Thanks for joining us. It has been great to have you. Um, and we are, you know, looking forward to uh, HBCU Thank you so much. I appreciate y'all again. Oops. We'll see you later. Thank Better have a fresh face on here than text. <laughs> wow, <Disrespect. laughs> wow. <laughs> um, yeah, she had to dip on that.